I'm Matt Patston. You're listening to the very first STL MediaWorks podcast. Uh, before we get into our first show, I want to talk a little bit about what I'm trying to do with this podcast and this project. Um, I'm a journalist. I live in St. Louis, but I do most of my reporting and writing in Columbia. And I think I'm not alone in noticing that these are some pretty weird times for journalism. Uh, revenue is tough to come by, which means the jobs are tough to come by. Uh, but those are the obvious problems. Those are the problems people have been talking about for decades. Uh, but journalism also has a problem in public opinion. People have a lower opinion of the press than just about any other American institution, which sucks because what we do is a public service, and that's why we do it. Um, so I want to use this space to talk to journalists about why they do what they do, how they do it, and how we can communicate the value of that to the public. Um, I hope it doesn't get too insidery. But uh, it might, and um, we are going to improve as we go. Um, but the blog and the podcast are about advocating for journalism because it's important, and we don't really get the chance to talk about why it's important very often. Um, and so I also want to make uh, one quick disclaimer before I talk about our very first guest. I obviously don't know what I'm doing. Uh, this is the first podcast I've ever produced, and I don't have very nice equipment, so prepare yourself for some background noise and popped peas and teas and all those other things you're not supposed to do in an audio project. Um, but like I said, my goal is to get better as we go along, so if you have any feedback whatsoever, give me a holler. Uh, our email is stlmediaworks at gmail.com. Again, that's stlmediaworks at gmail.com. Okay, so I was super stoked to talk to our very first guest. It's Doyle Murphy. He's a staff writer for the Riverfront Times. He writes a lot of feature articles and online articles, and he's just a brilliant, brilliant narrative journalist, uh, someone I've admired from afar for a really long time. Um, we talked a little bit about his background and his reporting technique, but we mostly talked about a story he had called The Bevo Question, which came out in RFT a few weeks ago. Um, dives into the Bosnian neighborhoods of South City, where my wonderful fiancé's family is from, and talks about some of the cultural changes that area is facing and what it's going to look like moving forward. Um, it's a fantastic story, and definitely check it out, uh, but also check out all of Doyle's other stuff. We mentioned an article he had earlier this year about a murdered clan leader. Um, that's a great story, and then I'd also like to draw particular attention to a pair of features he did on a uh, kind of shady sheriff down near the boot hill uh, a few months ago. Um, so huge thanks to Doyle, huge thanks to RFT, and huge thanks to all the journalists in St. Louis who are doing amazing work day in and day out. Uh, we appreciate you, we value the work you're doing, and if you want to talk, let me know. Thanks, and here is my conversation with Doyle Murphy. So, how you doing? Good, how are you? You seem really busy. Scrolling through all the stuff on the website, your your output's pretty impressive. Yeah, we stay pretty busy. I mean, it's kind of a mix between um, a lot of like kind of daily blog posts, yeah, kind of short stories for the, our website, and then um, things that we're going to be doing for print. So I usually do about like a cover story about once a month or so. Yeah. Those are usually uh, anywhere from twenty five hundred words to. 8,000 8, words, something like that. Yeah. I'm usually kind of in that more three to 4,000 range. Yeah. Um, I want to ask a little bit about what your background, because sort of my whole picture of your career comes from your Twitter bio, so I wanted to hear a little bit more about that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've kind of been in a lot of different places here over the last, uh, what, 12 years now? Yeah. Um, but, uh, 
Yeah, so after I went to uh, University of Kansas, and then after that I was like a long-term intern at um, the Arizona Republic in oh, cool. Phoenix, so I was down there for a while. Did you want to do newspapers? Is that sort of what you mm-hmm. set out with? I mean, that's not what I started college doing. Yeah. It was kind of one of those, like, I should go to college. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, and I thought I might do law. My father was a lawyer and then a judge. Um, and journalism seemed like a decent um, undergrad for that. Just a lot yeah. of, like, writing and research and yeah, things that kind of work out. Um, but then I, I just really liked doing newspapers and mm. just cover, I was like started out like writing sports and stuff and I thought that was fun yeah um, yeah so uh, yeah I just kind of started out doing that stuff and just kind of bounced along from place to place since then yeah yeah so Arizona Republic and then what was the stop after uh, that then I went to it was back my first like real like full-time job was in Colorado at the uh, oh great the Greeley Tribune yeah yeah I'm from Colorado that's okay fun. Yeah, really. Uh, I liked it. I mean, it was kind of a bad reputation. It's like this meatpacking town right, and stuff. Right. Um, but uh, I don't know it's just kind of it's like like a blue collar place, and you're still like close to the mountains and stuff. Yeah, and College Town. All those good stories in College Town. Yeah, yeah. I covered the, the university there some, and a lot of like kind of general assignment. Yeah, uh, a lot of crime stuff. Uh, for some reason, we we covered like tons of car crashes. Yeah. So. Like going from sports where it was like, you know, hanging out in the press box and stuff a lot of days to like, now I'm standing on the side of the highway uh, hoping somebody will tell me, like, right. why this car is facing this way. Right, trying what to actually happen. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was an interesting, uh, yeah. Interesting it seems like, uh, it seems like kind of sports writing influences your writing style still. Do you think that's true? I mean, you use kind of a sports writer's cadence and. Yeah, probably. I mean, um, I think, like, you get used to, like, describing action and stuff. Yeah. Um, Because in a way, like, you know, the story is pretty much the same in sports every time. It's like somebody won, somebody lost. Yeah. Like, you're watching the same players. If you're covering, like, a specific team, you're just watching the same guys do the same thing every day. But, you know, within that framework, there's kind of, like, endless possibility for for different things to happen um, so you get good at like looking for those different nuances and different ways to describe it and um, and I think I think yeah I think it was a good base for for a lot of the type of writing I try to do now yeah um, but yeah I, I really like that it was a good place to start yeah. you have fast deadlines you have <laughs> right yeah. always a good thing to learn yeah was, and like when I started out it was still like like it wasn't like a Wi-Fi kind of situation. Yeah, it was like still dial-up and stuff. So yeah, so you could look stuff up, but you had to be yeah, but yeah, if, be like, dedicated to it. I might have to like file a story real quickly at the end, and like you know, I might be at a high school game. Yeah, and they're like shutting the lights off. So there was times where like yeah, you know, you're like knocking on like a Pizza Hut and like, hey, can I borrow <laughs> your phone line for like <laughs> just like ten minutes or however long it takes me to send this through? <laughs> yeah. Um, which is something people don't <laughs> normally have to do now, but yeah. it was, it's fun. It's like a, it's a good thing to learn to like how to scramble and make things happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you get used to talking to people in awkward situations, which is a good skill to pick up for journalists. Yeah, I think uh, like the sooner you get used to like 
just this feeling like, all right, this is going to be really awkward for a little bit, but then it'll be okay <laughs> after that. Then, yeah. Then you're better off. Yeah. Um, so how'd you end up at RFT? So um, after Colorado, I went to New York, and I was at paper, um, smaller paper, kind of, um, kind of, not really upstate, but like southern part of New York. Yeah. North of the city, so everybody in the city thinks of that being <laughs> upstate. Else is upstate. Um, and then I was in in uh, in New York City at the New York Daily News for a while. And my wife is from Belleville, Illinois. So um, we'd been kind of like looking at coming back to the Midwest for a little while, and finally decided like our lease is up, and we're tired of spending a ton of money. <laughs> yeah. Um, what always pulls people back to the Midwest. Yeah. I mean, it was fun. I, I really loved New York. Yeah. I think it was a fun place to work. Um, but, uh, so we ended up just like quitting job, quitting our jobs and moving to St. Louis and figuring like, yeah, it'll probably work out. <laughs> it's cheap. We can like kind of get by for a little while. I had yeah. some like freelance opportunities and stuff that I could do if things didn't work out. But, yeah. um, Luckily for me, uh, Riverfront Times had an opening, and it was kind of one of several places that I interviewed at. Um, but uh, I really liked it. I I liked the chance to like do like these longer, like in-depth stories. Yeah, like, and, sure. Um, you know, there's it's pretty like freewheeling. Like you can, yeah. I mean, the the journalism I think is still pretty rigorous, but you can cover pretty much whatever you want. Yeah. You can cast in your stories, which is fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you don't have to be so like precious about everything. Like, oh, what will they think over breakfast if they read this? Yeah. Um, and like the other is just a really smart person, Sarah Defensky is mm-hmm. um, one of the best editors I've ever worked for. So it just kind of all happened to work out. My timing for once was great. Yeah. Um, so it's been good. <laughs> I really once. like it. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk a little about. Uh, sort of making that switch to an alt-weekly because I know um, alt-weekly is generally supported exclusively by ad revenue which means a lot of them have not been doing super great over the last uh, decade or however long you want to stretch that time frame out um, what's the how does that impact your work I guess is there any kind of pressure that you feel working for a publication that does have this really unique voice to bring that I don't think anybody else in town really has, but uh, you know, you don't have resources they might have somewhere else, or et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny because I like I really didn't have a ton of experience with all weeklies. I always worked in yeah. dailies before, um, and so it is like a little bit different. Like I wasn't there during like days when like. You know, people were making tons of money. Like, well, like the weeklies used to like really like just really like, yeah. rake in money, and uh, you know, you had huge expense accounts and stuff, and you could go on like these like long like assignments and file like once every two months or something. Apparently, yeah. um, <laughs> apparently, <laughs> that has definitely changed. You know, uh, we were like a, a pretty small staff. Yeah. Um, we don't have like huge resources, um, but you know, if I need to go out of town to like go cover something, like I'm leaving Friday to go like do some stuff, and uh, you know, we can like still Make swing that kind of stuff. Where you know, we have to be smart about it. Like yeah. I think I, I get the sense that like during like the like salad days of a lot of this, that like 
there was a lot of just like wasted money <laughs> through and that's always gonna catch up with you with it yeah, when, you know right. with any industry that you're in and so I mean there's a lot of times where like you're like oh man if we had like one more person <laughs> we could, could, really we could do this work. and this um, but I think like we're very good at like picking our spots here um, there's just a lot of like a lot of things that we can do yeah that um, just by like being smart about it and saying like we're not gonna cover everything but like here's that interesting thing you might not have you might have just got a kind of a glancing view and yeah. like um, kind of the daily cycle of stuff that like maybe we want to go back and like hit that and see what actually happened with it or see what's going on with it now or maybe it's just some angle that like we just think would be interesting and nobody else has the like has like a couple weeks to peck away at it or something yeah. you know so yeah it's, it's good I really like it yeah well and I guess I might be getting like too vague and mushy here but it seems like that kind of like being smart and being tactical and being like kind of plucky really matches the voice of what you're trying to write about yeah I mean uh, yeah we definitely like want to present ourselves as like <laughs> yeah we're very smart <laughs> I mean we also do stupid paper in town <laughs> I mean we do tons of like stupid stuff because we think it's funny or something yeah. know, but but we also do a lot of like pretty uh, like serious journalism I think that uh, I don't know to me it just feels like it has like just kind of the right balance yeah um, and I, I think that like there are a lot of people that now like take us more seriously and like mm-hmm. read it and stuff and say oh that was a, like a legit story that I didn't see anywhere else yeah. and like um, so I, I get now like we'll get tips from people that they know that if they take it to us that it's not you know that there's a better chance of it being like looked into more seriously mm-hmm. than like than it being you know a 200 word story or right. like they get washed you know, over 30 yeah. seconds on the air or something like yeah. that so it's I don't know we kind of I think it fits like a nice niche yeah yeah that's where it brings me into this uh, the Bevo story I wanted to hear how that uh, developed because like that's a really hard kind of story to write like profiling uh, community it is kind of tricky because the like it's it's hard to get like a uh, a framework yeah, for it, um, and it's like I actually kind of started out to like maybe do something on Bebo when I first got to town because mm-hmm. it was one of like my wife and I were like driving around St. Louis, like just looking at neighborhoods, trying yeah. to figure out where we like might want to uh, might want to land, and we're like you know driving down Gravoid, and it's like all of a sudden like this giant windmill. What is the deal with this? And so. It was just I was curious about it and yeah. like started like learning about like its history a little bit and um, and it was interesting to me because I think a lot of people had like this idea like when I would ask them about it like oh that's where all the Bosnians live and stuff yeah. and then when I started looking at it I was like well that's where they used to live like it's it, not like, really yeah. it like it really hasn't been up like the idea of it hadn't been updated hmm. for a long time and I think uh, I think that's kind of a it, it's always hard to kind of come into a town and like as a newcomer right. and like everyone's like what do you know yeah um, like look at this and a lot of times you yeah. don't you don't know anything but yeah you it's sometimes to have like fresh eyes on things you see things like that it's like like I'm I'm learning it all now and everybody else learned it like 15 years ago and some of that stuff still holds true 
yeah for what they learned yeah whenever they learned it but some of it has changed yeah and I think that's really interesting then to like be able to go back and say well yeah this thing that you thought was true isn't quite true anymore the, the, you know this this like kind of stereotype of stuff is, is different now yeah why do you think the that stereotype held for so much longer than it was actually true I don't know I think it's just like like if you just look at the neighborhood like if you go around like, yeah. like the coffee the businesses are still there yeah right? so right. It like um like well, yeah, so it feels out to the kind of still works. It hangs out yeah, around there, it's right? Like, that, it's like everyone's, yeah, basically like people, you know, after they got established a little bit, then they uh, kind of followed like a normal but normal St. Louis pattern. It's like, yeah. well, now we move to the suburbs. <laughs> yeah. Um, which, I mean, I can't really follow them. It makes sense. Right. Um, but it's... Uh, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, for like everyone else that that like doesn't live there or something, or doesn't really spend any time there, like, you know, they drive down Gravoy and they see like, yeah, there's still Milano's coffee shop, there's the Bosnian bakeries, there's you know, yeah. whatever, and so it just kind of looks the same yeah. to them. But it's it's changed and it kind of feels like it's a kind of an interesting crossroads now. Yeah. Um, but that was a really fun fun story to report. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's tough because like. Um, I think some of the, like, Bosnians that, like, do still live there and stuff are, like, they're not, like, super outgoing or, like, you know, it's, like, you walk in, like, oh, sure, I trust you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. They're, like, you're doing what? Why are you here? Yeah. And like, yeah, after yeah, being left alone by pretty much everybody for however many years. Yeah. I, I don't know. It was... Um, so some of it was like kind of tough to make some inroads there, but um, but ultimately it was really interesting. I mean, it's, it's just kind of a fascinating culture of St. Louis, and I I really like that about like different neighborhoods in St. Louis all have a different feel. Yeah, um, they're all kind of like fighting their own battles and doing their own things, and everyone has like this like specific identity. So um, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, that part of St. Louis I really like. I think yeah. it's really interesting. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that's what makes uh, these kind of stories so hard. Maybe this one even more in particular is figuring out, like, getting that identity right, you know? Yeah, you don't want to write something that, like, everyone's going to read and be like, that's not true. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. This guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I remember reading... Like David Simon or something talking about like yeah you should write for like the person in the middle instead of like this like wider audience like yeah. you should write for so that like someone who's actually there and knows what they're talking about isn't going to look at your story and like think you're and not recognize yeah. it you know yeah um, so I don't know at least from what I've heard on so far like people seem to like this story and we're yeah we're good with it so I felt good about it like yeah. so there's a every time like you like publish one of these uh, that you've been working on for a while um, there's you know those like several hours at the beginning are like are people going to hate this or like yeah <laughs> like yeah a lot of times you just don't really get a good sense of how it's going to go until right. until it has a little bit of time to be out there they deal with a couple day after anxiety yeah yeah um, one of the questions I wanted to ask about it was uh, how your sourcing worked because I think 
you know, I was trying to, you know, when going through trying to read it, trying to figure out, like, all right, if I was doing the story, like, who would I try to talk to first? And I'd, like you mentioned, it's had a really interesting crossroads culturally, and I think finding the people to talk to that you're able to talk to to represent all that uh, was impressive to me, and I was kind of curious about how you did it. Um, so I kind of tried to hit it from a lot of different angles. I mean, there's a lot of kind of like usual suspects in there that like, you know, you're probably going to have to stop by the International Institute because they were like really instrumental in um, helping kind of shape where yeah. people landed and and did like great work with a lot of that, I think. Um, and so whenever I talked to like people over there, I talked to like, you know, there's like a Bosnian Chamber of Commerce and everything. So yeah. there's all these kind of like more or less like official sources and I kind of do like, all right, so who else do you know? Yeah. Um, and you just try to like kind of build out a tree from there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I ended up like, yeah, you, you run into like one person and then like sometimes things like really like spiral out from there. Yeah. So we're going into, um, uh, uh, um, print shop over there. It's uh, they're Bosnian, they're oh, yeah, yeah, Croatian, yeah. Um, and they've been there for a long time. And they're yeah. like uh, very like super interesting people. Like, the father and son both speak like right, kind yeah. of like yeah, five languages and stuff. In the story was they're, uh, they're was yeah they're a funny pair. I mean yeah. they just they're great. It's a really interesting place. They're both really funny. Um, they're like I said really interesting. Then like know so much more about like <laughs> like. Uh, the way the world works than I do. Yeah. Um, and they also know like tons of people on the block. So it's like, all right, well, let's go. Have you talked to this guy? You should go talk to this guy. And then like, I go up and um, they introduce me to like um, Tony's auntie, who's like mm-hmm. the lead guy in the story, who's also interesting. It's just like, um, other guy's not Bosnian, but it's like been working in that neighborhood for a long time. And yeah. I walked around with him for a couple hours, and he's kind of like the mayor over there. Like, like <laughs> you know, like you walk into a place, and we like walk like straight into the back room. It's like, hey, such and such. Yeah. You know, and uh, you know, Bosnian businesses got like the cheers but, like, effect going on. Kind of, yeah. It's, it, it was interesting. Like, um, yeah, just like a real kind of range of people. And there's, I don't know, there's always a few of those people usually that like are connected in, to a lot of like different different businesses different people and stuff so yeah try to like find a, f- a few of them and just kind of keep rounding it out and rounding it out yeah um, you know I mean even during this like I would kind of like talk about this story like if I was like at the bar or something or mm-hmm. just like people I met and like you know any Bosnians that live uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of yeah. just like just try to like, like farm out as much of this stuff as possible and like right. after a while you've got like multiple people kind of looking for sources for you too yeah and then you get the random text and whatever yeah it's so it's I don't know it's it's kind of like a lot of things and hopefully like you put enough like feelers out there that it starts to come together yeah how much time did you have to work on it because I, I mean obviously a lot of people yeah. get to that official level of sources and then that's kind of like where the story is, right? Yeah. It's kind of hard to say because, like, like I said, when I first came in town, I was thinking about doing something and I actually, yeah. like, did some some interviews on it, but then 
it was kind of going slowly and like I did I'd jump on some other stuff mm-hmm. and so like um, by the time I like came back to it like all those interviews were old and I had to like actually like go back and <laughs> talk to some of those people and like yeah. hey remember I talked to you last year <laughs> can we have that like, same conversation uh, some stuff's changed right <laughs> so um, I don't know I probably like actually worked on it this last round for like a couple like maybe two weeks or yeah. so kind of and it's not even like you know there might be like a couple full days in there where you're like going around but usually it's like I'm working on it between right other, you file one other and then posts to come back stuff. down you do some reporting yeah, on this like, like alright I'm going to try to get like a short daily story so we can have something like to add to like the website in the morning yeah. so I can have my afternoon free or something like <laughs> yeah. that um, so it's it, I do end up like having a lot more time probably than other people do but you kind of like carve it out of other projects and stuff yeah um, so so yeah but probably a couple of weeks generally yeah I mean the reason uh, that I thought the story was so interesting is it was uh, that community profile right but like you mentioned it's a community that hasn't gotten a lot of coverage um, and since this is like ostensibly about journalism and all of St. Louis uh, I wanted to ask you a couple questions about how you think uh, the media around here does with covering that kind of community like you said every place does have like such a hard distinct identity um, and reporting those things out is really difficult mm-hmm. uh, so I wanted to hear you talk a little bit about what you think the challenges to that are whether it, people are doing it enough there's there's some of that um, Bevo in particular actually um, there's like a reporter at the Post-Dispatch Doug Moore who's done a lot of like yeah. really good stuff there and Doug is uh, like a really good reporter on yeah, a lot of different, sure. different issues um, <clears throat> but uh, you know I think I think Post-Dispatch staff is probably not uh, like it's smaller than it used to be like most papers I think everyone you know TV every, like everybody's got smaller staffs than they used to so some of these like some of these profiles and stuff, or some of these like not really like breaking news stories are probably like fewer than yeah. than they used to be yeah it was um, like literally impossible to do a lot of the time yeah I mean you know and when I was in dailies it was the same thing once where like yeah you would love to do more of this stuff but there's like you're you're always gonna have to like well and that guy left and could you pick up like you know half of that beat or something <laughs> yeah and I get the sense that like a lot of the reporters in town are kind of stretched thin on those things so um so yeah you're, you're probably not going to see as many like you know 3,000 word stories about like a certain neighborhood, neighborhood or something yeah. you know um and it's you know it is a shame because a lot of them could use it I mean I happen to live you know five minutes from Bebo and it's just always been interesting to me but um, you know there's so many neighborhoods all through the city that could use like a lot just have somebody look at it when it's not like there was a murder here or right. there's like you know some like horrific thing brought you in right. um, you know just because on this one like I'm basically just talking to like everyday people about like what's going on in their you know little corner of the world yeah and you know probably a lot of them haven't been interviewed before because like 
They've never hit anybody with a baseball bat or something. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, right. Um, and, yeah, it's we could really use a lot of more of it. I mean, not just in St. Louis, but just everywhere. Yeah. I mean, you, that's kind of the, the shame of, uh, like, of there being fewer reporters is that like you know I think we still do a good job on like first day stuff <laughs> and like breaking news and it's like when you see like pretty like you know any decent newspaper when you see like some huge story come in and they like put all the resources into it like I, you'll see a lot of good work yeah um, right but uh, it's like these other interesting uh, kind of important stories but like ones that aren't like breaking and stuff like you kind of lose a lot of that I think yeah yeah well I'm part of that also I would imagine is uh, you know it's supply and demand right like and I think do you think public perception of like what news is for has kind of changed because I you know talking to relatives that live here their extent of you know media consumption is basically where did someone get murdered yesterday you know yeah yeah, it's it's funny. I mean, um, this one, like, I think actually got read pretty well, uh, or read by quite a few people, which, yeah. which is nice. But there's no real kind of like, guarantee on it. Like, yeah, um, yeah. I I wrote a story a while back on the like the murder of a Klansman and yeah, and like yeah, that was a great story. Thanks. Like that one, I was like. People are definitely going to read this. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. That's like, probably one of the like earliest stories like, that I'm like, everyone's going to read this. Because, um, you know, it's like, there's like, it's so crazy. Like, yeah. stuff like that, like, people will read. But are they going to read, like, you know, something that, like, dissects, like, politics of St. Louis and, like, why your money is getting spent here or why, like, why this neighborhood never gets any resources or that one gets more resources like yeah maybe I right mean, it might get picked up and it might get like kind of funneled through the right channels or it might just die and nobody did, yeah. you know a couple people read it yeah um so yeah it's it's I don't know kind of a crapshoot with <laughs> some of it um I mean some of it like if, if I'm like running a newsroom or something and I like wanted to like get page views on things and said like yeah there's certain things that you know are going to like mm-hmm. you know do that um, but uh, I think that like the good editors are still like yeah we'll do that to make space for this some of thing. these other things that we think should be done too yeah yeah alright what's uh, all I got for you I was trying to not take up more than a half